0: This is the Connection Christian Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. All right, good morning everybody. How are we doing? Good. 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 Hey, I just want to kind of acknowledge all the uh, all the new people that are doing new things. All the all the people that are They're not new people necessarily they're just doing new things and uh i I just appreciate it because i I know it it can be a little nerve-wracking you know um rich lindemann up here for the first time to welcome welcome us in the morning and uh yeah we're we're grateful for that And, and jerry knocking it out of the park on uh ending worship and offering and and the elders and uh and Carl, uh, Carl, the—he's flying solo. His first solo flight on the soundboard today. So that's a, yeah, y'all don't, y'all don't know what kind of stress happens back there in that little cubicle. You have no idea what goes on back there, um, and, and, and until it goes wrong, and then everybody knows what's going on, right? But as you know, I tell these guys all the time: our our ultimate goal is to eliminate distractions because we don't want anything to distract us from the presence of God, right? It's not, it, it, it's not perfection that we're after, but it is excellence because excellence eliminates distraction and distraction takes us away from God and we don't want anything to, to do that, right? So uh, I just appreciate all these guys and everybody else that, uh, that, that's stepping up, that's doing things and, and making things happen. Um, it 's a team effort and and I just really appreciate it all right, so today, we are going to uh, continue on our series called Get Grateful for the Gifts that we are grateful for what God has gifted to us through us and 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 i want to I want to talk about that I'm going to talk about that concept uh, these first couple of sermons last week and this week are kind of flyover type big picture big picture 30,000 30, foot view pictures of the gifts and and uh, so we're not digging deep down into each individual gift that that, that we have listed in the scripture that that we uh, know that god has given us but we're looking at the overarching concept of why and what are the gifts and and how do how do they work in the context of a normal life right a normal Christian life and and I think when we when we get a hold of that I think when we get a hold of that big picture idea it will it will help us to um to understand what it is that God is really trying to use them for to do in the world around us through us and and I hope I hope my 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 prayer is my goal is that it will change your perspective on on what you have to bring to, to the table because of whose table you sit at <laughs> amen because we sit at the table of the king and because we sit at the table of the king we have something completely different to bring to the table and and so it it makes it possible for us to be able to 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 be used by God in every situation if we're willing and and so today here's here's really the 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 title for the sermon if you will it's gifted by grace now I want to I'm going to give you a few definitions of some things today Um, at least my definition grace is that thing which you cannot earn you cannot deserve you cannot work for you can't be good enough for it you can't even be too bad to not get it. Are you with me? <laughs> like we always think about grace in the, in the context of, well, I can't be good enough for it. Yeah, but you also can't be too bad to not get it. And, and that's an important concept because a lot of us, we, we, we often think that God is limited by our badness. Listen, God's goodness overrides our badness. God's God's grace, His goodness for us, overrides anything that you could ever possibly do that that would separate you from Him. On the cross, Jesus demonstrated grace for us. That's what's important about the cross. You see, the cross wasn't just some historical, religious kind of ritual that happened at some point in time. The cross is the embodiment of the grace of God that He has given to us, that He has released to us here on the earth. Why Why does that matter? Because, listen, pride and arrogance will cause us to think we don't need to be forgiven. Shame and guilt will cause us to think that we can't be forgiven because we're too bad. (laughs) Grace explodes right in the middle of both of those things and says it's not about you. It's not about your pride and arrogance and thinking you don't need forgiven. let, Let me just share something with you. Jack. Now if your name is Jack, I'm not using your name. I'm just getting a point across. You ain't that good. You don't have it all together. You were born into a broken, sinful, contaminated world and you have absorbed that. And it's, and it's there. But listen, on the other side of that pendulum, <laughs> you ain't that bad either. It, it, it's, you are not so bad that the goodness of our God the goodness of your creator and sustainer, the one that holds you all together, right? The one, the one that keeps every one of your little cells, all those trillions of cells that are in your body, every single one of them are held together in their exact perfect place and, 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 and operation by, by Him. And if He can hold all of that together, He can take anything else that you think you might have broken at some point, sometime, somewhere. And he can put it all right back together like that. In the beginning of the Bible, the first page of the Bible, it says that in the beginning, God created he created the world. He created everything. He, he came into, listen, here's what he did. He came into chaos and he created cosmos. He took what was out of order and he put it into order. He took what was completely uh, chaotic and he brought it into an organization that works, that, w- that is self-sustaining, that is continuing and it's and it's in that place in time and space what we call the universe that God holds everything together one little tiny molecule at a time it is held together it is sustained and it and and it is for our good but outside of that universe is what is called eternity eternity outside of that universe, outside of this time and space that we experience with our senses, with our physical senses, there is another existence. There is another experience. There is another way. And it has nothing to do with taste, touch, feel, All of those are temporary. All of those are temporary ways of of experiencing an existence that we are currently in. Called time and space in the physical world. Outside of that is called the kingdom. Outside of that is called heaven. Outside of that is called eternity. And And it's that place of which we are citizens. So we should not get too comfortable in this little space because what we are is in a little compartment inside the ultimate compartment called eternity. And it's in this little space that God wants to demonstrate His power from eternity into the universe. How does He do that? He does that by delivering gifts. And how does He deliver gifts? He, give, he delivers gifts by delivering them through you and through me. And how many of us deserve to be the giver of gifts? No one. <laughs> and so the gifts are given by grace. It is by grace that God wants to give to you what we can only receive from, an, from, from eternity outside. And so Jesus taught us to pray. Pray it this way, our Father who is in heaven, eternity. Hallowed be your name. We worship your name because you are above all, in all, through all. Your will be done on earth, in this universe, just as it is in heaven, in eternity. That's a big, big concept. I, I, I know I'm, I keep talking about this concept everywhere I get a chance to, because I, I'm still, I'm, I'm working it. I'm working it. When, when, when you... Here's how I learn things. I tell them to other people. That's how I learn things. I tell them to other people because God's gift to me, I believe, one of the gifts that He loves to work through me that he, that I can... Let me, let me put it this way. One of the gifts that I can... Uh, how do I want to say this? I wasn't planning on saying this, but I want to say it. One of the gifts that I have a lot of practice surrendering to is the gift of teaching, right? I don't know why God chose me, a kid that had learning disabilities all my life. I was dyslexic, I'm pretty sure. I was never technically diagnosed, but I did all the things I've heard dyslexic people do, right? My little town, they just called it special, you know? I don't know what it, what it was, but... I had all the problems, right? I had I went to the little, tiny classroom. There was like six seats in there for reading class, cause we were, you know, Mrs. Owens with this bun that looked like a hornet's nest on her head. You know, she was she was the sweetest old lady in the world, but she was very patient with a little knucklehead like me, trying to put things together that just weren't fitting together. That just didn't make sense up up in there, right? I barely squeaked through any school i barely passed the test to get in the military i finally got in and and through that um you know i thought hey i'm good now my academic my academic uh issues are over i can just shoot things now right i can just blow stuff up get paid for it i'm good yeah well God had a different plan but here's what I believe you know when I read that scripture by the apostle Paul that says God will use the will use the absurd things of this world to confound the wise he will use your greatest weakness to become your absolute strength and, and here's why, because if I had any academic prowess about me, if I had any kind of academic, you know, natural born gifts that had come up with me, then I might think I'm the one pulling this off. But because I know me, because I was with me the whole time, right? It's like, wherever you go, there you are. You better like yourself because you're not getting away. I was with me the whole time and I know where I came from and I know that I graduated from high school with about a 6th grade education at best. And then there came a time (laughs) and I can almost pinpoint this time back to a moment when it happened. I, I could tell you story after story after story and I have told you many of the stories that led up to this moment but there was a moment in time that I look back on sitting at my desk in the recruiting station because my last 3 years in the in the army they they sent me out of my blowing and shooting thing blowing up and shooting things what I loved to do what I was good at and they put me at a desk to fill out applications and chase teenagers around trying to get them to join the army that was a terrible idea on the army's part but God's providence and, and, and God's purpose and God's will come to life. I would have never done it that way, and I didn't like it. I would have went back to war three times before I went back to recruiting duty. Easy. But it was sitting there at that desk, at the complete, absolute end of myself, that I entered into what I what I come to call just a, a, maybe a year ago in a series God Space. I came to the end of my rope and I came to the end of what I thought I could handle and what I thought I, could, I had to offer. And, and, and I had nothing left. I was depleted and completely, absolutely sucked dry. Suzanne was there. She knows that, what that time was like. Desert Storm had nothing on recruiting duty when it came to my experience. I was sitting there at my desk, staring out my window. It was on White Street over there. You got, some of you might know where it is. It's West York on White Street. I'm staring out my window looking at Wise Market right in front of me on the other side of the road. And it was right there. That I said, God, because I could feel him calling me somewhere. I didn't know what. I, I, I had, ministry was the last thing in my mind. Full-time ministry, I didn't even know that was a thing. But I knew he was calling me to something that I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was there. I knew, I knew there was somewhere that he was calling me, that he was moving me, that he was, that he was trying to get me so emptied, of everything else that I was trusting in, and everything else I was believing in, and everything else I was, I was standing on, he was trying to empty me, empty me of all how many of you know, that's a painful process. But it was sitting there at that desk, staring out the window that I, that I, that I prayed probably one of the, you know, one of my fine prayers. Fine god do it your way then right (laughs) see it reminds me what jerry was talking about that when when god when god says test me on this (laughs) your your little kid i can just imagine liam in my mind you know putting up i can do it i can do it okay I can picture Jerry. Okay. Go ahead. And at some point in that frustration, I can picture Liam looking back up at Jerry and saying, Okay, fine, Dad. You do it. (laughs) I've had so many of those moments with God. (laughs) And this was one of those moments. And I said, God, if you want me to go wherever it is you're wanting me to go. You're going to have to do it. Because I can't. I got nothing to offer. I've been barely squeaking by. I've been I've been faking my way through this whole thing for all my life. I don't know how to do this. I drew pictures to graduate high school. Many of you have heard that story. And it was at that moment, like no, no angels come flapping in the room or, you know, the clouds didn't part or anything like that. But it was at that moment that some kind of, some kind of peace just came over my life. Some, something happened within me and i knew from that moment i couldn't i wouldn't have been able to articulate it at that moment but but something happened that many years later i can look back on and i can see what what god was doing in that moment he was he was emptying me so he could fill me up he was depleting everything that was in my way all my pride all my arrogance all my guilt all my shame and everything in between He was depleting me of all of those things so that he would have room. So that he could come in. So that he could do what he was going to do. And it's only in the process of me getting out of the way and saying, okay, fine, you do it. That all of a sudden, something began to flow to me and through me that wasn't in me before. And so when I when I begin to teach the scripture, I don't always know exactly what I'm going to teach. I don't I don't use a lot of notes. I use scripture, but I don't use a lot of notes because I want to be just as surprised as you are at what comes out. Right? I've been doing this for 20 years, and I get I'm surprised every single day what God puts brings out. I'm like, because that's what it feels like when you're operating in the gifts of the Spirit. It's not you. It's through you. It's not about you and what you bring. It's what you are willing to surrender to God and get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit of God come to you and through you to deliver whatever gift He has brought. Amen? And, and I think if we can get a hold of that, That trying, listen, trying to operate in the spiritual gifts will never work. Surrendering to the Holy Spirit and allowing the spiritual gifts to flow through you is the only way that we actually experience what He has for us. But we have to be filled. Because the spiritual gifts don't come from the bottom. I know I always do this because that's my... You know, it's to you and through you. But really, I I correct myself almost every time. It's to me and then through me. It's the overflow. It's through that overflow of Him filling me up. The Holy Spirit filling you up. When you are filled with the Spirit, now I know in different traditions and different things, we get all weird about that. Listen, it ought to be weird. It needs to be weird. We ought to weird it up a little bit more, I think. Because here's the problem. We've tried to create God in our image where He makes sense in our human existence with our senses and with our touch, taste, feel, you know, all these things. And that's not where God operates. God operates outside of that realm. God operates outside of those senses. If you can touch it, taste it, feel it, you know, all of those things, see it, hear it, you don't need faith for it. It's there. You've got it. It's in the physical realm. You don't need any faith for that. What you need is faith for that which is unseen. What you need is faith for that which you cannot explain in all your academia. Come on. And it's in that place that God will rock your world. It's in that place where you will finally get set free from all those limitations that you've placed on yourself saying, oh, this is my talent. This is my education. This is what I'm good at. Listen, you've got to let all of that get emptied out. Because all of that that you carry around depending on trusting in and worshiping is in the way of the one true God who wants to really work in your life. Because the gifts are given by grace. Come on. I haven't made it past the title yet. Hold on. We got to roll here. All right, so here's the point that I want to get to is that God's gift to us are the gifts of grace He gives through us. I don't know if that's good English. I wrestled with that verb, you know, tense thing, plural, singular. I don't care. God's gifts are the gifts that He gives to us and through us by grace it's not because of us it's in spite of us (laughs) come on why would god call me to be a teacher to be a preacher to be right i i I, I i have two degrees that would cause poor mrs owens to have a heart attack if she knew that if she knew i had a master's degree with honors she would be like I don't, I don't know if she would or not because she believed in me. She believed in something that I didn't see in me. You see, that's the other thing that has happened to me over my life is that there have been people that have shown up in my life who saw something in me that I could not see. That called out something from me that I could not see. There were... There were there were soldiers, there were people in the army that saw something in a knucklehead from East Tennessee that, that he could that he had something in him that I didn't know I had, that I didn't see it, and they called it out of me. And they pushed me. And they, and they, and they, and they caused me to step into things that I, I never thought I could. There are men here that have done that. Gary Jenkins is one of them that that called something out of me, saw something in me, when I had no business being a pastor whatsoever in this place. Like if I would have shown up, easy now. My wife was there for the first sermon. It was bad. I'm just going to admit it. But when, when I had no business, like if I would have shown up to me now, 20 years later, where I was then, I would be like, bro, you got some work to do. You got some growing to do. You're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to work with you a little bit, right? Uh, That's that's what I would have. But Gary and Rich, they saw something in me that I didn't see. And they called it out of me. And there was there were there were ladies that, that did this. I've talked about them, Ellen Johnson and Karen Philibot. I, I talk about them often because there were two two ladies, you know. They they cornered me in the parking lot one time over there when I was still the youth pastor, and, and we were searching for a senior pastor at the time, and I was, I was trying to do both jobs, but, but I was just marking time. I was just trying to tread waters till we got somebody that actually knew what they were doing, and, and could actually accomplish, you know, was, was, was actually qualified to do it, and, and we searched for a year, and, and they, they cornered me in the parking lot over there, and said, listen, boy, you need to quit being scared and step into the calling that God has put on your life. Now, two men can corner you in the parking lot, and that's a different thing. You know, I was in the army. I can fight. I can, I can rap with... You don't mess with two old ladies that corner you in a parking lot. You know what I'm saying? They, that's a whole different kind of threat right there. And, and, and here's what was worse is those two ladies had been... If they are listening, I didn't mean to say old... Sorry about that. (laughs) But those two women had been praying for me faithfully for a long, long time. And because of that, God had given them revelation into my life that God had given them insight into my calling that I couldn't even see. But sometimes God will bring people into your life that will see what you can't see for you. Come on. It's called grace. (laughs) It's just called grace. The gifts of the Spirit flow from the grace of God on our lives. It is the grace on our lives that we get to experience this other dimension. It's the grace on our lives that we get to experience heaven on earth, that we get to experience eternity in the universe. Are you following me? This is where things don't matter. This is where matter don't matter. This is where time don't matter. Because when eternity, where there is no time, comes into the universe where there is time, eternity wins. And so God removes the obstacle of time. We call it signs and miracles and wonders when God shows up and does these things. Jesus called it Tuesday afternoon. Another day in the kingdom. Another day connected to God flowing to me and through me. That's what he demonstrated for us in the Gospels. It's what the normal Christian life looks like when we are connected to God and he's flowing to us and through us. And it's right there that we get out of our own way. It's right there that we stop asking and begging and pleading wah, wah, like a little like a like a little pauper. Oh, please, could you get to me a more sir? No, no, no. It's when we get out of the way and we say, Yes, Lord. Or we say, Fine, Lord. He's not offended by your attitude. He knows you're frustrated. He frustrated you. He did it on purpose. You don't believe me? Read Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 said that he is frustrating creation so that they will call out to him, so they will come back to him. because if we think we've got it all together and we can do it all ourselves and we got it on in our own hands. Listen, He's just going to frustrate you and nothing is going to work. Nothing's going to come together because that is not your purpose. That is not your plan. That is not your calling. Your purpose, plan, and calling is to surrender your will to God's will and let God do what He will. Because it's there that you will find your peace. It's there that you will find your effectiveness. It's there that you will find why you were really created. See, the devil wants to get in your head and say, "Oh, but well, no, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do what I want to do. I'm gonna come up with my own calling. I'm gonna come up with my own purpose." You know, listen, your little people, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be nice, Craig. I'm trying to be nice. You, 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 I just got Your little imagination is not big enough for what God has in store for you pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing beyond anything you could ever ask for or imagine because your imagination is not big enough to fathom the calling and the plan and the purpose that God has on your life. It is by grace that He wants to flow into you and through you and let you sit back and watch what He can do. Come on. We get so caught up in the little things that we think we've figured out about this universe, about the physics and the science and the whatever. I love it all. I got no problem with biology and science and physics and all those things. All they do to, for me is demonstrate how smart my God is. Because he created it all like this. There it went, the universe right out of my mouth. Did you see that? So when I understand that it all came from Him, but He lives above it, He, he exists above it, and that's actually where we're from. That's actually where we're, we are citizens of heaven, sent here as ambassadors, not to be citizens of this place, but to be aliens and strangers passing through this place, delivering what is from heaven to earth. That's who we are. That's what the church is. That's why we exist. That's why he calls us out of darkness into light. And it's, and it's there that the gifts of the Spirit flow from the grace of God in our lives. Listen, this word grace, this, the word uh, gifts in the New Testament, the original language, it, the word for for. Um, for Gifts gifts freely dis- bespo- bes- <laughs> bestowed is really the, the, the full meaning of it. It's the word charisma, right? Charisma. The first part of that word is charis. c a c h a r i s. Charis. Do you know what that word means? Grace. That word means grace. If you see the word grace in your English Bible... The Greek word of that is charis, and charisma is the delivering of those grace, of that grace to you and through you. So when we talk about charisma or the charismata, it is, it is those deliver, it is those gr- gifts flowing to you and through you called Grace. It's the grace of God. This is why why the Apostle Paul in in, in, uh, Ephesians says, it is by grace that you are saved. Because it's simply what God is delivering to us and through us, that we are saved. It's what He has done, not what we do. See, that's why Christianity is not a religion. Because religion says it's about what you do or don't do. That's not what Christianity is. What Christianity is a relationship about what has been done on your behalf. And because of what has been done already, now you are invited into a relationship with the one who did it. Because he made it possible. He bridged the gap. He tore the veil open. He eliminated the obstacle that was between you and God so that you could come together. So that you could connect. The Holy Spirit in in Greek is noma, It's it's the same word that we get pneumonia from, right? It, it, because it means breath. And and the 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 breath, the pneumaticos, is that is that is the spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts, the. The breath of life that is flowing to us and through us are the spiritual gifts that He wants to release to, through us by His grace. Are you, do you tie all that together? So the Holy Spirit to us is the breath of God. And what is flowing through us are the gifts of God. And it is all by grace. When we understand grace, listen, I, I, when I first came into ministry, I came straight out of the military. Like I literally walked away from the, from the recruiting station one day and walked into the church the next day. That was my transition. What kind of mentality do you think I walked into the church with? A militant one. Where we had SOPs for everything, right? Where we had regulations on how to blow your nose. Like anything and everything you could think of, we had a way, there was, there was a right way, a wrong way, and an army way to do it, and you did it the army way. And that's kind of the mentality that I walked in the church with and I started looking for the rules and the regs and the field manuals and the SOPs and trying to figure out how all this thing, and that was a struggle for many years for me to to fight through until I finally came to an understanding, at least a scratching of the surface, because I don't know that I've gotten there anywhere close, but I've gotten further than where I was in an understanding of grace. Grace. And what grace did for me is grace caused me to finally worship. It wasn't until I came to a deeper understanding or realization. I don't know if understanding is the right word. I think realization might be the better word. A deeper understanding of the grace of God caused me than to well up in worship for God. Because worship really just means the worthship of something. How much is something worth to you, right? Well, when you understand the grace of God and how much He has poured out for you, all of a sudden His worth rises. If you think you've got it all and you've done it all and you made it all happen and all this, you're not going to worship Him, you're going to worship you. If you think your portfolio is doing it all for you, or your education is doing it all for you, or your, whatever else you put in, the army is doing it all for you. That was my big God back then. Then you're going to worship that rather than God. But when I came to a realization that it was just grace, then all of a sudden I read Ephesians 2 2:8 2, and, and, and it just made a different it, it just landed differently. It is by grace that you have been saved not by works so that no one can boast it is by faith that you receive this not something that you can see or learn in a book or demonstrate or you know build out of your own two hands it is by faith that you receive this grace from somewhere unseen the substance and the evidence of the things hoped for that which is not seen That's where this relationship comes from. And as long as we're trying to make it an earth thing or a universe thing and forget that it is a heavenly thing and and an eternity thing, we're going to miss it. If, If you have to wait until you can completely understand and explain God, that's not the God we're talking about. Because the God we're talking about is is incomprehensible. He's unexplainable. He's unfathomable. He's infinite in every way. And we we can't wrap our heads around that. That's why it's by faith. Because faith is the sense that we use in eternity. Here on this planet, we use sight, And hearing, and touch, taste, feel, right? In eternity, we use faith. Faith is the sixth sense by which we touch God. And it's by grace that He makes that possible. Through that flow the gifts. In Romans chapter 12, I think my clicker's telling me that I'm done preaching it won't change can you change that for me romans 12 chapter 12 verse 3 says for by the grace given me i say to every one of you do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith god has distributed to each of you do you see how all that ties together It's the faith that God has distributed to you, through which you are able to reach into that place where I have sober judgment, where I, I'm not thinking of myself uh, 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 more highly than I ought. In other words, I can handle this. I can do this. I got this. I'm, you know, no. If if I'm thinking of myself in that way, I'm not thinking soberly. I'm, I'm making up an illusion. Because we all know we can't. Humility is the only posture for receiving grace. You see, it's when I humble myself under the mighty hand of God that He can lift me up. As long as I'm not humbling myself, I'm like, I'm like Liam telling Jerry, I can do this. I got this. I'm good. I can, I can rebuild the transmission. Right? All by myself. Romans 12, 4 says, uh, Liam, don't sound like that, by the way. I just want to, I just want, he doesn't sound anything like that whatsoever. I know he would never say nothing like that. For just as each of us has one body and many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You see, you're not here for you God's grace in you is not just for you God's grace in you is not just for you it is to come through you to others around you because you are here for everyone around around you and everyone around you is here for you when we when the devil starts thinking oh you're here for you it's all about you you've got to focus on you listen that's not God's voice But God has put people into your life, brought people into your life, that if you will let it it flow to you, God's grace will flow from them to you. And if you will let it flow through you, God's grace will flow from you to them. And it's through that that we become the ecclesia, the family of God. And it's within that family, the body of Christ, that our needs are met. That we actually finally find our purpose, our plan, our our calling, our reason for being here. He says in Romans 6, the first part, he says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. The gifts are dependent on the grace. Releasing God's grace is our gift to the world around us when we are willing to just let it flow, we release grace to the world around us. This is why we don't have to live in anger and fear and bitterness and resentment and, and, and trying to manipulate and maneuver and try to make things work that don't work or try to change people's minds by you know, whatever means we try to do it. Listen, no, it's God's grace that will make that happen. And if you will allow it to flow through you, be, through the peace of Christ that transcends all understanding, Because grace flows through peace. And when we have peace with God, we have grace that flows. So just calm down. Right? Just chill out. Right? This is why prayer is so important. Because prayer is not some religious act that we have to go do. Prayer is me letting all of that calm down enough and all that noise and all that static to just dissipate so I can once again hear the voice of God. That's the goal of prayer. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then be then, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. In other words, be grateful for the gifts and release them. Give them in the attitude that God has given them to you. It is by grace that you are saved. Amen? We don't have to work for Him. We just have to get out of the way and let God do what He does. And it's there you will begin to see great effectiveness. Let's stand together, would you? I believe that the key to truly, fully operating in the gifts of the Spirit is to be filled with the Spirit. That's the key. Because if we are filled with the Spirit and He is overflowing in our lives, they will just happen. It's like if if you had a cup and I filled it with water and just kept pouring water, you wouldn't have to try to get water to come out of that. It would just come out. And when we are filled with the Spirit and and God's Spirit is flowing to us, the living water that flows from heaven, He doesn't turn it off. To be truly full, you must be overflowing. Acts 2.38, the very first altar call ever given in, in, in Scripture. was the Apostle Peter. Standing up on the day of Pentecost, and they came to him and they say, and, and they were cut to the heart, they were convicted of their sin, and they knew that they had to make, they had to do something, there was something more there for them, and they wanted it. And they said, Brothers, what must we do? And he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's that gift that we want. It's that gift that we desire. And He's told us how to do it. Would you just bow your heads with me for one second? I won't linger. I promise. This word repent simply means to change my thinking. Metanoia is the, is the Greek word. It means to, to, to change metanoia, knowledge. What I'm thinking, how I'm thinking, what I think I know. <laughs> you see, I had to get to a place in myself where what I thought I knew, I knew wasn't going to work. And I had to let it go. And I had to change my thinking and I, and I said, God, if You're going to do it, You're going to have to do it. That was, that was repentance for me. Because up to that point, I thought I could do it just fine. But in that moment, I knew I couldn't. And so I changed my thinking, I repented and I said, God, if you're going to, if it's going to happen, it's going to be because you do it to me and through me, not because I can do it. And so I submitted, I submitted and surrendered myself to him right there and then. It's in baptism that we demonstrate that we experience the washing that 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 happens to us on a spiritual level god gives us this physical act of going under the water being buried our sins and our regrets and our shame and our guilt and our pride and arrogance all buried with it so that we can be raised up into the new life called resurrection in a new identity called jesus christ And it's into that new identity and it's into that washing clean and complete wholeness that the Holy Spirit can now come and fill me up. Because there's nothing there in His way. It's washed away. It's gone. And now I am a clean and new vessel able to receive new wine. The Holy Spirit and His power. And He comes into me and He fills me up and He begins to bubble over in the overflow to go through me. That's what we call salvation. If you've never received Christ in that way, I just, I just want to invite you. I want to invite, I'm not going to invite you to do anything weird or to step out or, or, or anything because I, this is between you and God right now. Repentance is between you and God, not anyone else. But repentance says, you know what? You're right. I can't do it by myself i need god and so lord would you all just pray this with me if especially every every one of us can pray this together but especially if you've never received christ as your savior i want you to pray this if you if if you feel the conviction of the holy spirit on your life right now father god i receive your grace And I receive Your payment for my sin that Jesus gave on the cross to defeat sin and death in my life so that I could live with You forever in Jesus' name. Listen, if you prayed that for the first time or the thousandth time, because I prayed it a lot, I believe that God hears your prayers. And, he's, and He knows the condition of your heart and He knows the repentance that is there. And He's going to lead and guide you. Your next step is to come to me or to come to whoever you came with or, and, and, and talk about baptism so that we can take that next beautiful step of you going public with your faith. That you now believe that faith with which You have reached into eternity and connected with Your God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me just pray for You one more time. Father, we're just thankful. We're thankful for You, Lord. We're thankful for the grace. We're grateful for the grace, Lord. We're grateful for the gifts that You pour to us and through us so that we can make a difference on Your behalf in Your name. It's in Jesus' name that we move. Amen. 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 Thanks for coming, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. Without you, the work we do at Connection Christian Church wouldn't be possible. If you would like to give online, please visit c3christianchurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, take a moment and subscribe and please share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.